sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Father, thank you for the privilege of being here. Thank you for these little ones and young ones that you draw to yourself. Your word says that unto you shall the gathering of the people be. You said, allow, permit, suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. Today I pray that Jesus will be lifted up and that every young life will be drawn to you. Thank you for our first ever First Fire Conference in South Africa. Thank you for what you have started with us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. For you spoke to people like Samuel at a very tender age. And Father, let your word sharpen us. Let your word enter our hearts and change us forever. And make us laborers together with you in your vineyard. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, the theme first fire is from the book of Jeremiah, like you can see. Jeremiah said, I decided that I won't speak the word of God again. I won't be involved again because the persecution was too much. He said, okay, I'll just shut up. The Bible says that when he shut up, the word of God was like fire in his bones. So he couldn't contain it anymore. And he said, ah, when I keep quiet about God's word, I can't. It's like fire in my bones. It has to come out. And so it is my prayer that by by the end of this conference, you will catch a certain fire that will never go out. In the name of Jesus. And, you know, the devil also is looking for children to recruit. Children and young people. And God is also in the business of recruiting children and young people. I happen to have found the gospel or given my life to Christ at the age of nine. It was just the grace of God. And if it were today, you would have said that it was my saved teacher that led me to Christ. And he told me even at the young age of nine that I was a sinner and that I needed Christ. So he explained the fall of man and everything to me. And he invited me to give my life to Christ. And from the age of nine... 
God's hand and grace was upon my life. And I am so thankful. So you should also be thankful that at this age, you are seated in the house of God. And you have the privilege of knowing Jesus. Because it will save you from a lot of foolishness. Which if you learn, you will not have to go to another school. Apart from the school that your parents have put you in. There's a school called the School of Hard Knocks. And when you don't learn by the word of God, you learn by life after hard knocks. Then we see you later. Then you say, oh, lady reverend, God's word is so true. So you have to make up your mind in these meetings that you are not going to be used as a guinea pig in the laboratory of life. Whenever a new drug or medicine is made, before they give it to you and I, they try it on guinea pigs or on mice. And if the guinea pigs die, then it means the medicine is not very good for humans. But if the guinea pigs survive, then they say, oh, then we can make it and sell it to humans. In the same way, life is a laboratory. And you, you have made yourself a guinea pig of life. So Satan will try all the things on you. And then after that, you see that, oh, when it works on you, it is this way. When you don't obey God's word, this is what happens. Oh, Lady Reverend, I've come to see that it is true. But the Lord is going to deliver you, no matter your age, from the hands of the enemy. And set you on a rock. Amen. Amen. Now, when my Sunday school teacher told me about Christ, he also told me that every Christian must share his faith. He told me certain things that you must know. First of all, you must be born again. After you are born again, you must always come for fellowship. He told me that when coals are burning together, the light stays on and the heat stays on. But when you take one charcoal and you put it aside, then that charcoal begins to lose its fire. It becomes cold and everything goes out. That's how he explained it to me. So he said that because of that, whenever the house of God opens, be there. Whenever there's a meeting, be there because that is what God's word says. And then, so that was fellowship. And then the next thing was witnessing. That I have to witness and tell people about Jesus. And then he said, I must read my Bible every day. Because I eat every day. He asked me, do you eat every day? I said, yes. He said, then you must read your Bible every day. Because you have a spirit and you must feed that spirit every day. And then he said, and then the Bible is God talking to you. You must pray every day because you also talk to God through prayer. And they say you must witness every day. Tell people about Jesus and do not be ashamed of it. I said, really? He said, yes. And then he formed a group called the Tears of Jesus. And we had a slogan, just like how we have first fire, first fire. We had a slogan. So when he says, when my safe teacher says, 
the tears that we will shout of Jesus. God's will be done. Then he will say, okay, on Saturday, everybody do your household chores very early and be at the church premises. We are going to rehearse and prepare to take the gospel out. And we really look forward to it. So, it was not those days that when you get up, you don't do anything. You say you have a meeting. We were taught that in everything that you do, in word or in deed, God must be glorified. So when I got up, I would sweep quickly. Then I was also in charge of making tea. My parents like drinking tea, so I have to make a tea tray. And I have to put the tea, the hot water, the milk, the sugar, and there are two lovely cups. And I have to be at their door and knock. Sometimes they have even woke up and say, Who is that? Say, please, it's mommy. Oh, you've brought the tea. Yes, and one of them will come. You come and open the door. Then you take the tea in. You put it on the table. When you've finished everything, then you come and say, I'm going for meeting. Say, meeting. Have you swept? Yes. Have you dusted? Yes. Have you made tea? Yes. Everything? Yes. Okay, then you can go because now they don't have any excuse. But some of you, Your testimony at home is not good. (laughs) Every day say, I must go to church. I must go to church. But at home, nothing. We don't see Christ. At home, we don't see Christ. So, when that happened, then we'll go to this church site, just like here. And my teacher would give me a script, a piece of paper, written by pen, with preaching on it. I have to memorize it, like how I will memorize something for school. One day, Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree by the side of a road. He said to the fig tree, you, you, you will never bear fruit again. Then I had a friend who will also interpret. So after we have learned that we come to the stage, one day Jesus was hungry. He said, you have to talk like that. You have to convince the people about Jesus. You don't just say, one day Jesus was hungry. One day, Jesus was hungry. So we'll rehearse all that. And then he'll say, you take two steps. Then you go down the steps. Then you walk in between the people. So when I speak, then my friend will also interpret into a Ghanaian language. And they say, you, you, you will die. A child telling you. A grown-up that you will die. You, you, you will die. Then my friend will speak in the uh, uh, fancy language. say, Ow. Then the people will just be looking. Oh, wow. We did not minister to children as such. We ministered to grown-ups. You will rehearse, then it will be afternoon. You see, you go with enthusiasm, but afternoon you are hungry. Then he will go and buy pap. The senior version of pap is called kinky. Then he will bring kinky, fish, and then some black pepper. And then we all have to sit down, wash our hands, and then we'll eat. It's like that's break. And then we'll resume. And then after that, we will pray, God, use us. He will talk to us about the world, sin, how the world needs Jesus. Some people were organists. 
Some people were songstresses. They can sing. I didn't even know at that time what was called anointing. It's now that I know that it must have been the anointing. And then after that, he will come and arrange where we are going. So we went to all the three universities in Ghana. I'm just sharing my life with you. All the three universities in Ghana then, now the universities are more. We went to every secondary school in my city. And he also took us to marketplaces. When you come back from school, then you come and tell. He knew that my parents did not always agree. So he would wait. When my grandmother is alone, then he would come and ask my grandmother whether I can go. Then he would take me to the marketplace and put us on a tanker, something that they used to do, sell kerosene. He would put us on top, in the middle of the market. And then we would start. One day, Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree. He said to the fig tree, there were different sermons, but I rem- this one has stuck with me. You, you, and the grown-ups are surprised. Nine-year-old, you are appointed to be the you. You, you will die. And then so many people in the marketplace will give their lives to Christ. In the university, sometimes many people will weep. They will weep and they will give their lives to Christ. And then also, they will take us to the television. Now we had become stars. And all of it at my teacher's cost. My teacher was a pilot. My safe teacher was a pilot in the army. So he will pay everything and take us from city to city during the holidays. At that time, I didn't know that it was called camp. But he would take us to Accra and say, we are going to sleep at Laboni Secondary School. By 5 a.m., it's prayer meeting. Nine, you're, you're feeling sleepy. You, get, you don't even think about it that you are sleepy. He says, we are going to the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation. We'll go on television. We'll speak. People, and on one of the, the last day we went to the Ghana Broadcasting Corporation, there was a big woman there. She was one of the top people there. And then she told the teacher, after we had finished, oh, I want to see this little girl. That was me. I was wondering. A grown-up woman wants to see me. So my teacher went out, and I sat alone with a grown-up woman. And she said, you know, it's my marriage. (laughs) It's this man who, whatever was married to me now, he doesn't really mind me. So pray that my relationship will be restored and that this will happen. Now when I look back, but I had a lot of faith. I said, close your eyes. And let's tell Jesus. And we prayed. And when we finished praying, the woman was crying. And she said, I think God has answered my prayer. So my parents were very happy. They thought that we have gone on television. We are now stars. Not knowing that the teacher had a hidden agenda. That he did not disclose. He was taking us to a fetish shrine to confront the spirits there. But he didn't tell our parents. So after ministering on that day, they went back to the Laboni Secondary School for lunch. And then in the evening, he said, we were going somewhere. But one of the things were that we used to also add a lot of drama and like dancing, but the dancers were not as nice as these ones. But um, yeah, we, we used to dance like the cultural dancing. 
he will use that to attract people. So he took us to a village we didn't know, outside Accra, climbing a hill. When we got there, no lights. So they were using lanterns and all that. And the people had this rasta type of hair. But at that time, you didn't see rasta anywhere. Rasta type of hair. And there were a lot of black Americans and things all there. They had come to seek the power of the shrine. And our rehearsal was such that we play the cultural song and the dancing first. And then in the middle of it, we stop and start preaching. So then the drums start. We are, they are beating the drums. And in the middle, we stop. So one day, Jesus was hungry. Then I was the first person to speak. By three sentences, a man came with a metal thing like that and a stick. Go, 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 go. These people who have come here, the chief priest says that they are of a different spirit. And if they don't leave now, Akunedi Shrine, if they don't leave now, something will happen to them. But our teacher had put so much boldness in us, we're not even afraid. It didn't even occur to us. So our teacher just came and said, the tears of Jesus, God's will be done. Now, the minibus or the combi that had brought us, my safe teacher had told the bus that we'll be here for a while. So when they sacked us, now nowhere to go. And we had this woven kente, everybody's bag, on our backs as children. And we walked through Latte, downhill, looking for a bus in the night. No lights. But I wouldn't say we were frightened. There was nothing like that. We just felt that we have suffered persecution for Jesus. <laughs> so we came downhill. It was, I remember that it was very difficult for me. Because the cloth was heavy. And I was very tiny. You know, it was very heavy. And then when we got downhill, we got a minibus. We went back to the high school that we were sleeping in. When we went back, we got back like maybe 3 o'clock or 4. By 6 o'clock, we were being woken up that we had a program at Legon. And we, are, we have to get up and go and minister. It's time. So we got up, we went to Legon. Little did I know that many years to come, I'll go to that very hall and be in that university. So we went, and he does, my, my safe teacher, he does not always ask for permission. So the people were holding their books and things, going for lectures. And the, we just walked into Volta Hall. There was a fountain. And we stood around the fountain. We started to sing, to play. We have organists and everything. Victor Ofori is our organist. When our organist stands like, you, nah, you, you. We started to preach, and the people going for lectures gathered all around us, and they gave their lives to Christ, and some of them were weeping. And then we went home, back to Accra. It was a journey, and we all vowed that we would never tell our parents that we have had this experience. Never. Nobody should mention it. Because our parents are some way. My very good friend, 
who went with me from nursery to primary to high school to university. She was an only child. So her mother was very worried, calling, doing this. And then in the end, she spilled the beans. So my saved teacher was excommunicated from the church. Because it was a Methodist church. And they said he's bringing strange doctrines into the church. So he had to leave. And then he went to join Assemblies of God. And we were not allowed to go to Assemblies of God. So it was like it's ended. But before then, he could also take us to dinners and things that we don't know the people. We are going to preach there. So one day, around Christmas time, he took us to the residency where the mayor or, how do you call it, the minister of that region where his house is, he's having a dinner. And he took us there. He just came and asked my grandmother, can she go? And my parents were not there, so we went. And when we got there, Hey, distinguished people sitting around tables, dinner. Then we started our music. King, 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 king. It's like we've come to entertain. Then after that, we will preach. As I was moving through the crowd, you, you, you died. Then my hand, I saw my mother and my father. And they said, hey, I could see the surprise. The disdain. Hey, why are you not in bed? Huh? What are you doing here? When we get home, you will see. I finished my preaching anyway, but it wasn't easy for me. All oh, my boldness, my, it became some way. And then at the end, we invite people to give their lives to Christ. And at that very program. People broke their beer bottles, grown-ups, and they gave their lives to Christ. As soon as we finished preaching, we went home. It was peaceful. My parents hadn't come. I was asleep. In the night, I heard somebody pulling. Hey! Come here! Who said, oh, they beat me? They beat me! Hey! That was before my teacher was excommunicated. He came the next day. Oh, Adelaide, how did he go? He said that they beat you. He said that you are counted worthy to suffer persecution for Christ. You have been counted worthy. And my Sunday school teacher is the one who told me at the age of nine that Adelaide, God has called you. And no matter what, as you grow up, never forget that God has called you. And never forget that you have to answer to that call of God on your life. Many years passed by. How many of you know that as you are growing up, you start to want to become a guy? How many of you know that? So I went to high school. High school, first year, I used to go to the scripture union. Second year, I said, these people, I don't know what they are about. I also want to know what life is. So I stopped going to scripture union. And I stopped. They used to have prayer meetings in the evening. I don't go. 
not doing anything bad, but being happy. So when the people are passing for prayer, oh, I'll be sitting on the corridors, laughing with my friends, and then the Kifei people will be passing. Then I had some twins who were very much on fire from my town with me, and they had come to the school, but they were a year ahead of me. So one day I was sitting with my friends, joking, hey, you, whatever, and then they were passing to the prayer meeting. They were going very fast, you know, with a lot of zeal, you know how some people are. <laughs> and so they went past me, and then they came back and said, that lady, is that you? Is that you that today people are going to the house of God and you are sitting in the corridor chatting? And you know, I've come on top a bit and I'm looking at them. It's like, what are they trying to say? And the last thing they said was, this is not the Adelaide we know. This is a different Adelaide. This is not the Adelaide we know. That was enough. The next day I was in the church. Because even though I was laughing with my friends and they went away and it kept ringing in my ears. This is not the Adelaide I know. This is not the Adelaide we know. So why are they saying that? And then the Lord was telling me, it's true. You were always in my house. You were always close to me. But now how old are you? Only 12 years old. You have come on top. And some of you have not even reached 12. You have already come on top. And you are already doing things. Behind the scenes. Thinking that nobody sees. But the Bible says, all things are naked unto him. With whom we have to do. Amen, somebody. So I went back to the house of God. And I continued to go. And by the grace of God, I continued to grow in the things of God. Even to take a boyfriend... If the boy writes to me, he looks nice to me, I want to say yes. I can't say. It's like there's a certain charge on you. So even when you try to backslide, experiment a bit, it just didn't work. And I believe that it was a certain mercy and grace of God on my life. So throughout high school, no boy. A lot of them will come, they say this, they say that. You know, recently I was talking to my husband and he said, Hey, this sister, she says that 14 boys have proposed to her before. I said, oh, that's very few since she was born. (laughs) Since she was born, only 14 boys have wrapped there. They are very few. Then my husband was very quiet. I said, hey, what don't I know, please? Amen. But many things came to my door. But the seed that had been sown in me from saved will not let me go. I'm saying this testimony to tell you that you are blessed that God should arrest you at the age at which he has arrested you. Amen. It saves you from a lot of unnecessary heartaches and foolishness. And God called many children in the Bible. Samuel, as soon as he stopped breastfeeding, they brought him to the temple to serve God. 
as soon as you stop breastfeeding, at what age is that? Is it six months? Some people, it's two years. They have teeth and all. But even if we stretch it to two years, for your mother to just come and give you, she doesn't have a child, and she just comes to sacrifice you at the age of two, that God take him and use him in any way that you see fit. It's a wonderful thing. So as I went along, look, no matter how I'll try to meander, it will not work because something in you does not, does not release you to the world because God has a mandate for your life. Amen? Amen. I got to the university. Every stage has its own temptations. Even when you are in nursery, kindergarten, class one, you have your own temptations. Some of it is stealing from the fridge. Some of it is lying. And for your generation, major deception. Some of you, you are always in church, but you have another life. A secret life. Amen, somebody. And you you say to yourself, I'm very smart. Amen. Amen. But you are not smart. You are playing with fire. And you are playing into the hands of the enemy. So, well, to cut a long story short, maybe I'll tell you some more as we go along. I was finishing school. My first degree. Last paper. So I went to Bishop Saki's hall because Bishop Saki was a bit far off for a discussion. We were there when somebody came and said, oh, you have a visitor. He came to your hall. My hall was quite far away. He came to your hall. You were not there. And he insisted that they must show him where you are. And then now he's standing in front of Saba Hall. That's Bishop Saki's hall. So he's looking for you. I said, who? So you don't know his name. When I went... There was my Sunday school, my saved teacher. After so many years. He had even moved out of my city. So I was shocked to see him. My last paper, I was going to go out. So, well, I came to remind you that God has called you. From about 10, 11, I have not seen him. And now you're like 20. 21 thereabouts, and your teacher has surfaced. I, at first, I didn't even recognize it. Adley, look at me well. I said, oh, teacher, here must. Yes. What are you doing here in the law faculty? Said, yes, I've inquired. You are reading law when God has called you. You have come here, you are reading. My teacher was quite eccentric and still is. So I was quiet. I was like, ah, but I haven't seen you for many years. I mean, what? Then he said, what are you doing the law faculty? I said, oh, I mean, I'm reading law. It doesn't mean that I will not obey God. I will not. Shall we pray? He took my hands by force. Father, I thank you that Adelaide will fail her exams. So that she will obey you. At that stage, I didn't say amen. 
He opened his eyes. Adelaide, is that you today? I pray you don't say amen. <laughs> I said, oh, but I have not disobeyed God. It's not like God told me to do this. Then I said, I won't do this. But you know, I believe that God's call, he opens the door for you to learn. Then as I'm at the university, God has been uh, using me in the fellowship. In here. So if God has called me, then I'm expressed. I'm amazed. Today I pray you don't say amen. I said, because I don't agree with the prayer. Anyway, I'm going. Make sure you obey God. I think that that seed keeps coming to me. So even when I get discouraged in my adult life, and when I want to choose my own way, I always remember God has called. I didn't understand God has called. What does it mean at that age and even through university? I hadn't seen anybody who... It's these days that you know how to recognize the call out. You see, a lot of teachings. It was not like that. So when they say God has called you, I didn't know what it meant. And what I was supposed to do. You know, so he prayed that prayer and he left. I was very unsettled. I said, hey, so am I going to fail this last paper? Or what's going to happen? So anyway, by the grace of God, I didn't fail. Then I got married many years after. I had my two boys, I think. And we had moved. We were in the cathedral. And we had an office, so I was upstairs. They said, a man is looking for me. When I opened the door, my teacher again, Adelaide, God has called you. I said, ah, yes, I hear you are married. Where's your husband? So I led him to my husband's office. I said, oh, this is my teacher that I've been talking about. The one with tears of Jesus. So my husband said, oh, we've heard about you anyway. I came to tell you, you know, you may be married to my daughter, but if you don't release her to obey God, God will ask you. You will answer. Hey! It wasn't an easy thing. But when I look back, I thank God for his life. And because of that, I have faith in you young people. And I know that no matter what your age is, you can preach. No matter what your age is, you can tell people about Jesus. No matter what your age is, you can stand for Christ and make a difference wherever you are. Amen. So some of us feel, oh, when I grow, then I can do something for God. When I grow, then I'll become a pastor. Becoming a pastor is different from being fruitful as a Christian. Every Christian is supposed to be fruitful, basic. But how many of you on the playground are able to tell people about Jesus? How many of you during break time are able to tell people about Jesus? How many of you, when it's snacking time, can share your faith? Many of us have become intimidated by the world. You see Hannah Montana? She used to be on Disney. She was that adorable little girl. And many of you were wanting to be like her. I'll talk about that tomorrow. And now she says that she has grown. She used to act with her father. She has now moved out of the house. She stays somewhere. And she says, nobody should call her Hannah Montana again. That was the little girl. She is now her real self, whatever. 
And also now she will not act for Disney again. That was childish. She's now into her own self and she sings. Her father is very heartbroken. So my daughter has moved out. She has become rebellious. And it's almost finished. Justin Bieber was a Christian. This is my children who give me all these news. Hey, Justin Bieber, now dear. A Christian for God, gifted. They were in Canada, raised in the things of God. Then fame. So let's move to America. Now he says he doesn't believe in God anymore. And the mother was interviewed. She said, the worst thing that has happened to my son was that I allowed him to move to America and lose his faith. That's the worst thing that has happened to my son. So as you go on in life, from even two years, five years, seven years, nine years, it's a journey. And every junction will have its temptations. Where will you be found? Will you stand for Jesus from a young age through to the end? Some of you only teenage. Look at your rebelliousness. Look. When your mother says one, you say ten. He said, you know, seriously, grown-ups, they don't really understand. And, you know, and, and, you know, you haven't really been me before. And we have been more than you before. We have been more than you before. But you think that, you know, how we look now, you feel that the things that you are doing, we don't know. Amen, somebody? But you have to walk with Jesus from a young age. The Bible says about Timothy, from a child, thou hast known the scriptures. Most of the scriptures I remember today, I knew from a young, being a young person. Even the scriptures you memorize in university. After, you can it's not easy to memorize. That's why it's not easy for grown-ups to go to school at a certain age. When I was in law school, the grown-ups who came, everything they asked them, they would think around before they talk. And I used to ask my friend, I mean, who told them to come and do postgraduate here? They asked them something. They are not quick with the answers. They will be thinking. Some of them were bank managers. Then they will be snoozing like this. Ah, you are coming to a class to sleep like this. Why? And now as I have grown up, when I meet them, I would like to salute them for having children, for having a job, for having responsibilities and still being able to learn. At that age, but when I was in my early 20s, I used to think that, what is wrong with them? Everything they don't remember, they would think, hmm, before they remember, why? In the same way, it is when you are young, your mind works faster and easier. And therefore, that's the time that you must memorize the word of God. That's the time when you must get into the word of God. Some of you and most of you, you have all sorts of strange songs. But you don't have any worship song. When no one is looking, those ear things in your ears, you are just soaking in demons in solution. That's what my husband used to say. That's what you are soaking in. And the Bible says, be careful what you hear. Tomorrow we have question and answer time. Bring your questions. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, be careful what you hear. Because what you hear affects you. 
When Saul got demons, they called David to play music so that the demons would go out. Don't tell me music doesn't affect you. How come even you are a believer and then you are in a shop and they are playing some nice worldly music? You are not even thinking about it before you know you are going. <laughs> and such as you don't intentionally even put on music, but before you know you are singing some because we all react to music. And that's why when music is even sad, it affects you. When music is happy, it lifts up your mood. Therefore, when music is demonic, it will also affect you. Amen, somebody. I admonish you to hold Christ fast unto the end. Unto the end. Not when no boy has said he likes you. See, now you are in church and no boy has said he likes you. But as soon as that foolish boy with his trousers here comes to tell you that he loves you, all your mind, Jesus Christ, everything, you throw him out. And then when we see you say, these days I'm not into church, I'm into other things. Into what? Into foolishness. Amen, somebody? So we want to catch the fire of the Holy Spirit, as young as we are. And we want to catch the fire of the word of God, as young as we are. And we want to hold fast to it to the end. Because the Bible says, be thou faithful unto death, unto the end. And when you say yes to Christ, you say no to a lot of unnecessary things. When you say yes to Christ, you say yes to a good husband. It's all part of the package. When you say yes to Christ, you say yes to a life of fruitfulness. Because the Bible says that, We should do everything to the glory of God, including studying. Some of you don't study at all. And therefore, God is glorified in other areas of your life. But when it comes to studying, we have to be on you. And even when you go and sit down, you say you are studying. It's not true. You are doing other things. You are WhatsApping. Your phone is with you. You are doing all sorts of things. You are following people on Twitter. People you should not follow. Tomorrow we will talk about who you should follow. Amen? Amen. So the Bible says, in everything that we do, we should do it to the glory of God. Everything. Not some. Everything. So we have to look in our lives and ask ourselves, is everything to the glory of God? If Jesus were with you, In your bedroom, will he be happy with you? If Jesus were with you on that bus, will he be happy with you? If Jesus were with you in school, will he be happy with you? When you say yes to Jesus, it's a package. When you say yes to Jesus, you say no to fornication. When you say yes to Jesus, you say no to drugs. When you say yes to Jesus, you say no to a visionless life. You don't have vision. You don't have any vision. But I pray that just as God's hand was on me as a young person. You see, God had the master plan in mind. I never knew that I'll be married to a pastor, let alone a bishop. I never knew that that handsome man who was my leader in the fellowship would one day be my husband. What a shock. (laughs) 
I never knew that saying yes to Jesus meant peace of mind. Because when you don't say yes to Jesus, you knock your foot and all against it. Because that's why the Bible is a light. When you don't have that light, you walk in darkness. That's what happens to you. But saying yes to Jesus saved me from so many things. And prepared me for God's plan for my life. I pray that that will be your story. This evening, I just came to encourage you that if you are a Christian, be a true Christian. If you are a Christian, be a good Christian. And follow the things that you are taught in church. Because I didn't know anything. Everything I knew was from my safe teacher. Whatever he said, that's what I knew. You are a child. What do you know? What do you know? Sometimes my little girl will tell me, Oh, mommy, you, you don't know. I said, excuse me. How old are you? Hey. Next year, I'm a teenager. I said, nonsense. Teenager. Teenager is 13. 13, oh, you are a teenager. What do you know? Say, mommy, I know a lot of things. I said, like what? Hey, I know a lot of things. <laughs> and I tell her, the number of years I've lived on this planet alone should make you shut up. Just the number of years I've lived on this planet, the things I've seen, it should just make you shut up. But you see, there's immaturity of youth. So I don't even get angry with the youth because it's immaturity. And I've been your age before when I thought that I knew. Especially when I was 18. I felt that now I'm 18, I would like to not live in this house. This house, they cook things you don't like. They say you should eat. What is that? <laughs> How many are, on me, are with me on that? Yeah. So I said, when I'm 18, I better look for a quick job. So I looked, I looked, I looked. I said, what job is very quick? Then I found out that Secretarial, 18 months are finished. So I went to my father. I said, I've started to be a secretary. He said, why? My real motive was there, but I didn't say. That's how you are. So I said, oh, I'm very strong in French. And I think that being bilingual, I could balance that with this and that. My father said, really? But you've qualified for six form and all that. Why don't you want to? I said, oh, no, daddy. I just want to follow my strengths. I was lying. That was the surface. But underneath, I could see myself. I said, hey, I'll be a secretary. In 18 months, I've finished with all these too much learning and things. And now I'll stand by the wayside. You see your dream? In my dream, I didn't even have a car. Standing by the wayside with my bag. And then I'll stop the taxi like this. And then it will stop. Then I'll sit and I'll pay the taxi myself. And then I'll... My father said, okay. It's a very good idea. If that was your only option, I will allow. But now you have to go to Six Swarm. You have to go here. So you go. After that, I, I will pay for the secretarial for you. 18 months, you finish. I, I will do it. So I decided, okay, if he's saying that. But my hopes were dashed. Because one, I wanted liberty. I felt that if I start working, now they can't tell me that you can't go here. You can't have this. You can't do this. How? Small my vision was when I look back. In your vision, you don't even own a cow. You see, when you dream, usually it's bigger than the reality then. It comes down a bit. But in this dream, your, your dream is low and you feel it's very high. You feel it's very high and you, and you feel that you know. And then when you talk to your foolish friends, they also reinforce what you are saying. 
One of my daughters some years ago, she came from school. She said that, Mommy, my friend said that the least, the last person you should share your problem with is your mother. I said, really, why did they say that? I said, oh, your mother will never understand you, but your friend will understand. I said, when you go tomorrow, tell your friend, I said, she's a foolish girl. Oh, who are you insulting her? I said, because she's a foolish girl. I said, well, I said that's your friend who is your age. What does she know to be advising you? And saying that it's better you speak to her than to your mother who has lived longer. So I didn't think about it. I said, even that shows that you and your friend. <laughs> How many of you know that you have foolish friends sometimes? <laughs> May the Lord deliver you. The Bible says that, and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. You too, you are a child at this stage, but you can always stand in the presence of God. Never leave God's presence. Never stop being a Christian. Never stop serving God. Never stop growing in the things of God, for it will be a blessing to you. And I pray that tomorrow we will go more into God's word. Stand to your feet, please. Wake up the little ones by you who are falling asleep. I have decided follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided yay, to follow Jesus. No turning back. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Oh, why don't you lift up your hands as a sign of surrender, as a sign of your decision this evening to follow Jesus through all the ages and the stages of your life. I have decided, yes, to follow Jesus. The cross before me, the cross before me, all the world behind me, all lift up your hands and declare it. The cross shall always be before you. Oh, the cross before me, yes, the world. Whether you become a teenager, whether you become acquainted with boys, no turning back. Take all the whole world and give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Take all the whole, including all your worldly friends, and choose Jesus. Take all the hope. Yes, please give me Jesus. Yay, no turning back. No turning back. 
every eye closed, every head bowed. I have decided. You are here tonight. To follow Jesus. You may be a child, you may be a teenager. You know that you have been playing games with God. And tonight, you have to make a quality decision for Jesus. No matter where you are, whether upstairs or downstairs, you are deciding to be serious with God, to go all out for God. Just like I turned around when they said, this is not the athlete we know. I took another route. You too can take another route tonight. You want to make a quality decision. You want to rededicate your life to Jesus. You want to stop playing games. Just lift up your hands wherever you are standing. And I'll pray with you. Make a quality decision to go all out. Let your hands go up way above your shoulder. I have And if you have lifted up your hands, just come forward. Whether you are upstairs or downstairs, give me the privilege of praying with you and standing with you. Lady Reverend, no more games. I want to make a fresh start. Come forward here. Come forward. Some of you can stand in the aisle. Yay, to follow Jesus. Yes. Forget about who is on your left or who is on your right. Forget about your age. Oh, tonight, you want to start all over again. You want Jesus to wipe up out the mess and give you a new beginning. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me. Yeah. waiting for you. Come a bit forward so some people can come behind you. Take a step forward so other people can come in at the back. Yes, the world behind Friend, just close your eyes and lift your hands to Jesus. Jesus, you who touched my life at a tender age. Thank you for these young ones that you have drawn to yourself this evening. I pray for them. Keep them by your power. Keep them by your Holy Spirit. Keep them by your word. Deliver them from Satan and from the world. And for the deceptions of this world, let your hand rest on them for good. And Lord, use them for your glory. If you've come forward tonight, say this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, tonight I come to you just as I am. Jesus, I have not been serious with you. But tonight, I make a quality decision to go with you all the way. Jesus, take my life like you took the life of Lady Reverend. Jesus, 
make me your own child. Jesus, make me your own child. Forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for all my sins. And use me for your glory. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Go back to your seats. And may the Lord remember you. God will honor the prayer that has been spoken over your life. You will preach in the marketplace. The same grace that was upon me will be upon you. You will preach in the universities. You will preach in public places. And God will use you at a tender age. In Jesus' name, please take your seats. Amen.